this brilliant idea. Actually, it was Jake Vu's brilliant idea. I should I should give credit where credit is due. And um, it's just how this the cards fell this week. I did not plan for it to be the Curtis show, so by that's not my goal here. Um, and so I'm sorry that you just have to see this much of me. <clears throat> but so I'd plan. Well, how could I like make it a little humorous transition? And so I kind of played off Mr. Rogers there, and I had thought about, okay, bringing out a coat rack, um, sweater vest, <laughs> different shoes, and I could sit here. And I even practiced that, believe it or not. And I was like, man, this feels like it was like two hours. I was tying my shoelaces together. Um, I ripped a hole in my jacket like Chris Farley, fat guy in a little coat. Um, and so I was like, that's not going to work. So I will just make a quick little reference. But my name is Curtis, and um, I'm so grateful to be one of the pastors pastoring alongside you, because that's what it's all about, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I have, I've really enjoyed this series and, um, <clears throat> you know, learning some practical ways, because this is a common thing that we all need to get better in. I mean, there might be some of us that are excellent at this, but I know myself, I could get better in it. And so just over this last series, um, looking at what does it look like for us to love our neighborhood and our neighbors and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so I don't know about you guys, but I've really enjoyed some of the things we've talked about. And so if you are a first-time person here today... First of all, welcome, and, and it's not usually me, so don't, don't hinder that from you coming back next week, um, but thank you for joining us, and there's a couple things I would like to ask out of you is like to fill out a connect card for us to connect with you, and those are in your bulletin. You can turn those in at the end of the service, but as we're recapping the series, if we can take our clipboards here in our innermost aisles, and this is just a way for us to check in. Is it old school? Yes. Do some people bucket? Yes. Do some people I know are here and they don't fill it out? Yes. But we do this so we can kind of see who's here, who's not here, because we actually have a reason for this. We, try, we want to know every person's name, and we, we want them to know that we know their name. And not only that, if someone's missing several weeks in a row, we want to be able to call them and say, hey, is everything all right? And we're doing our best. And so, so as we're passing these clipboards and you just filling out your, your name there, let me just kind of recap for us what we've learned this far. And as I, before I do that, though, I'd like to reference three questions <clears throat> that um, Pastor Craig Rochelle, I listened to his podcast quite a bit, and, and he said something um, that really caught my ear several weeks ago about when communicating, and that's what I'm endeavoring to do this morning, but in any, any mode of communicating, you should ask yourself these three questions, and they are this. What do I want people to know? What do I want people to feel? And what do I want people to do? And so um, just keep those questions in mind. I'm going to try to cover all those questions today. Um, And so let's just kind of recap this morning. In week one, we talked about, well, who is my neighbor, right? And so if we are to be a church that inspires others to trust and live like Jesus, right? Hopefully we all are starting to know that this is our mission statement. It's on the wall as you walk in. So if that is our mission, if that's what we're endeavoring to do, well, then how are we going to be able to bless someone, pray for someone, be the hands and feet of someone to, of Jesus to someone if we don't know their name? So that's just kind of maybe it's a, a dumb, dumb statement, but that's where we got to start, right? So we, we have to know their name. Remember the, the BLESS acronym that we, we, uh, we highlighted in week one? What was the B? It was to begin in prayer, right? It was L, to listen. 
And so these are just practical steps, like as you're going to bless your neighbor, um, and it's good to go in these order, you know, to begin in prayer, listen to them, um, eat, eat together. That's a great way to get to know them, to hear their needs. The first S was serve, serve them. How can we serve them? The last S was share your story. And so um, that's what we studied in week one. Also in week one, who remembers this right here, the magnet? Hopefully a lot of you started to participate in this. There may be still a few floating around, but the idea was every family to take one, put this on your fridge, it's magnetic, you know, somewhere you're going to see it, and you have your house, and then you have three houses. You basically have the surrounding houses from the front and the back of you, and you were challenged to like, okay, who is my neighbor across the street? Do I know their name? If not, okay, well, I'm not going to fill that in, so I need to go get to know them. Um, and so let me just give you a little story <clears throat> of, of this last week because we're endeavoring to do this too. So Tuesday, <clears throat> let me back up a little more. So to the right of us, there is, there's a house that, um, it's a rental house. We're, we're renting our house too, and, and we knew that they were getting it ready for, for new tenants. And sure enough, a couple moves in with a young kid, and we're like, okay, we've been here three years. We're really bad at this neighbor thing, and so let's. This is a clear first start with these people, but uh, so we started talking. My wife and I, um, Valerie, and we started talking. Okay, what can we do to to go knock on their door? What can we take them? You know, so cookies is a clear first. First, I think that pops into a lot of people's minds. Like, hey, you could take them cookies. Who doesn't like cookies? However, here is the catch. Okay, so we saw them doing a lot of walking through the neighborhood, right? The stroller, um, they look to be fit people. Um, <laughs> and so it really started us to overthink it. We're like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, what if we <laughs> take them cookies and they're gluten-free people? And that's going to be a slap in their face. Um, they're like, no, we, we try to maintain this. You know, so it really paralyzed us from doing anything. I hate to say it, but that's, that's just the reality. So we kind of froze for several days. We're like, uh, <laughs> praying and fasting, God, what are we supposed to do? <clears throat> so we landed on spice cake muffins. I know that's kind of a happy medium. It's still sweet, but it's not, you know, anyways. So that's where we landed. We're like, hey, we're going with it. We're doing it. Tuesday night, we go outside our door. We take our kids with us. Because here's another important thing is, like, your family needs to be a part of this, right? And I'll get to that a little bit later today. But so take our kids, knock on the door, <clears throat> get to meet them and so it was awesome to to chat with them for a little bit and hear their story so when I came home I was able to write where once was a question mark I was able to write Brian and Julie and baby August who I think is a little over one year old one years old and um, and so that's just a step it's a starting step we'd also give them our numbers you know in case they needed anything and so I'm excited to see what that step Pretend, uh, will foster in the coming weeks. Um, so that was week one. That was a long overview of week one. Week two was um, being intentional, right? So making time in our schedules, whether we're, we're busy. And I remember us kind of asking that, and most people will say that they're busy. Very few times will anybody say that they're not busy. And so with that being said, we have to be intentional, Okay, not only do we get to know our neighbors, but we have to be intentional. And if you remember, we had Charlie and Anita here um, teaching, and they had their table and their chairs, and they were modeling for us what they do in their front yard or in their front porch. 
being intentional, making time where they're outside and they have their magnet even. And they, hey, Bill, hey, Susan. You know, so we have to be intentional about meeting our neighbors and loving on our neighbors. And then last week, we talked about how we are called to love even the bad neighbor, the neighbor that is hard to love, right? And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but we all have those, okay? We do. And so how do we love the bad neighbors? Remember, we talked about salt and light, and and Pastor Jake, one of our elders, talked about being the salt of the earth and, and how... We need to be salty. Apparently, that's a, a, a hip term in kids these days. It's, I, I don't even know what it means. So to me, it just means making food taste better. Um, but that principle of like, how are we supposed to be the salt and light to the earth? We, we should be living lives that people want. They want our lives because they see something in us. It's not us, but we know that it's the light in us, right? So we even blacked out this room, and as black as we could get it, and we... Started with a phone, right? Turned on our light. And remember that? How it just invades the darkness. The darkness cannot hold a candle, pun intended, to to light. And so that's what we're supposed to be, the salt and the light, because we're conduits of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that catches us up. So we're wrapping up this series today. And um, and here's what I kind of want to, to, to say, to set this all up, okay? So when we lump all these things together, it can come across as a pretty tall order. We are to get to know the people around us with the intentional effort to be salt and light to, do, to those around us so that we then can proclaim the name of Jesus in an effort to restore and preserve those around us. Isn't that awesome? Wow. That's quite a mandate that we have. It's quite a big deal, isn't it? Whether we, we think it is or not, it is. This is a big deal. But some of you may be sitting here because I know that this has been some of my story too. And you're like, wow, that sounds tough. You okay? I'm not an extrovert. I'm very introverted. This is, could be some of the things you're saying, okay? I'm, I'm introverted. So how, how am I going to do this? Or... or um, I'm not an evangelist at heart. Well, can I just be honest with you? I'm not really either. It's, it's, it's usually one of the lowest in my spiritual gifting. Thankfully, it's, it's come up to about midway. But So these are the, these are the excuses <clears throat> that we can all make. I've made them. So we could be like, okay, I, I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying through this series. It's, it sounds nice. It sounds lovey-dovey. It sounds very Bob Ross, right? <laughs> but that's just not me. So we want to debunk those excuses. And I want to bring you back to the command that Jesus made for us, the Great Commission, okay? And this command should hold enough weight for us as the believer that we should take a step out of our yard and we become the one doing the pursuing. I mean, really, do you think that your neighbors are going to come to you? Now, I know this happens. But statistically, in our, in our society and on our culture, I'm taking my street for an instance. You, you may be on a much friendlier street than I am, but people don't come out a lot. So, that's what, so do you think that if you don't step out, you're just going to wait there and have someone come to you? 
Because in our neighborhood, it's a nice, quiet neighborhood, but people drive down the street, they open the garage, they pull in, close it, go inside. I don't really see them. And why do I know that? Because I do that a lot of times too, if I'm being honest. So this is why we have to be intentional about taking that step, literally, and being the ones doing the pursuing. When I think back, we've been in our neighborhood um, for about a little over three years, three years this past June. It's July now. It's crazy. Um, and, and if my memory serves me, you want to guess who the first person was to knock on my door? Any, any, any guesses? No, you already know the answer. It was the Jehovah Witnesses. So those were the first people to come on my door. It wasn't one of my neighbors. And so that's why I want to really drive home that this may be hard for some of us, but we have to have that mindset that you can't expect people to come to you. The Great Commission carries some serious weight for the believer today, that we are to go and make disciples of all nations. So let's look into this verse a little more. I know a lot of us know this. We can recite it by heart. But if you want to turn with me, otherwise it's in your bulletin or in your on your screens here. But Matthew twenty-eight verses eighteen and nineteen. And so here's what it says, <clears throat> and I'm reading out of the NIV this morning. Verse eighteen. Then Jesus came to them and said, <clears throat> "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So therefore, go." And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Can we pray this morning? Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you first and foremost for your word. We thank you for this commission, for this mandate. We thank you for this this church family, this body of believers that are endeavoring to be your hands and feet. We are endeavoring to be salt and light. God, I just pray over this message today as this is, if I'm being honest, this is kind of out of my wheelhouse a little bit. It's kind of a new experience, so calm my nerves. May may my words be from you. And, And I pray again that that people are inspired because of what they, they know, what they feel, and what is being asked of them today, that we take a step. And we give your name praise for that this morning. Amen. So that's such an awesome scripture. <clears throat> we, we quote it a lot. And, and so now after we've said that, we kind of can see that we have all three of the commands that Jesus lays out for individuals and believers. And one is this, to love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Okay? So that's, that's the greatest. And then number two, and we call it number two just because we have to have a number order here, but really it's not any less. It's love your neighbor as yourself because he likens it to the first. So therefore, it's equally as important. And then finally... What we just studied here is that we have the go and make disciples of all nations. He doesn't ask us to sit and make disciples. 
So I think it's important for us to really see what, what that scripture is saying, to go. He doesn't ask us to sit. He asks us to go. In fact, in the original Greek, um, it speaks of as you go, as you walk, as you work, as you move, go and make disciples. So I wanted to share a little bit of my heart with you this morning. You may be wondering, okay, why is this important to Curtis? Because maybe if you know why it's important to me, maybe, oh, okay, yeah, I think that's important to me too. And here's why this is important. Is it because I'm, I'm great at this? I already confessed I'm not great at this. But here's why this gets me riled up in a good way, is that at the very core of Matthew 28, 18 and 19, we see it in the, in the text there that at the very core of it, of it all is discipleship, right? Can we agree with that? A lot of people just looking at me. <laughs> we talk about discipleship a lot here at church, okay? And, and let's be honest, we talk about it so much, I know with some of us it loses its meaning, it loses its impact. And you're like, yeah, well, that's God's word. Yeah, it says to go and make disciples. I know that. I'm doing that. But at the very core of loving our neighbors, it is discipleship. And it is hard. And that's why I like it. Why do you like something that's hard? Because I need to be stretched. You need to be stretched. We need to be stretched. So that is why this this message today is important to me. And I... I didn't really write this. Someone else wrote it. I added some to it. But, so it's not my words. It's, it's our words, and ultimately it's God's words. But that's why this is important to me. So let's bring it into the context of Scripture. Why, what does Matthew twenty-eight nineteen require of us in the context of us loving our neighbor? Okay, so we in love, love thy neighborhood. You've already told me I need to know their name. You told me I need to be intentional with them. And make time for them. You told me that I need to even love the ones that are hard to love. And now you just threw out the Great Commission. So how's that going to play with my neighbor? And how does that bring it home, if you will? It requires us to step across the street and invest in those around us. It doesn't mean that we have to get on a plane and fly halfway around the world to love someone. Now, I have some friends of mine that I think are going to be here today. I'm not sure if they're here in this service or not, but they are missionaries to China. And so I'm by no means um, saying that that's not important because that is very important. But so many times in our minds, and again, I know this because this is where my mind had gone when I was growing up, is that this verse, to go and make disciples, okay, well, that means I, I got to be called to Africa. How many heard that? Growing up, yeah, yeah, I'm not called to Africa, so that verse doesn't apply to me, you know. But that's where we get wrong. We get sideways. Okay, it it means for us to step across the street. It means for us to go across our yard. It could be as you go, as you are in your gym, as you are in your workplace, as you are in your third place, as you are in your favorite coffee house. It could be the person sitting next to you. In the book of John, we see Jesus on multiple accounts speak of how the Father had sent him to do his work. 
When we think of Jesus, he is the fact, he is in fact the one that was sent. We all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave, that he sent his one and only son. So over and over again, we see see throughout the whole book of John that Jesus is being sent for us. But at the end of his time here on earth, John records this from Jesus. So now we look at John 20, verse 21. And here's what this says. It says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So here we see that the sent one, Jesus, has now turned into the sender. He's commissioning, he's commanding us, he's commanding us, his followers, to go and continue what he had been doing all along. And here's the cool thing about it. He has full authority to do it, as we saw back in the Great Commission. It says, all authority has been given to me. As followers of Jesus, we see it over and over again that we are to be the sent ones. That word sent is also found a lot throughout some of Paul's writings and his letters um, in the New Testament. But here in the conclusions of the gospel, gospels, both Matthew and John, we see a desire for Jesus, or a desire from Jesus for his disciples to be sent. Did you catch that? So the sent one becomes the sender, and he desires for us all to go, but especially his followers, to go. You see, sending is part of who God is. God sent his son. He sent his Holy Spirit, which now resides in all of us. Sending, as we see, is a part of his nature. It's just a part of who he is. It's a part of his personality. His missional nature then asks us to be the ones who engage and step out to go across the street. But here's the awesome thing. We're not in this alone. Okay? We don't have to rely on just us with this promise. God's people actually join him in this mission. We are commanded and empowered to participate with him. We know this well from Matthew twenty-eight twenty because Jesus says, I am with you a few times. Is that what he says? No. I'm with you what? Always. So we're not alone. We have the sent one, the sender in us. And, and as a believer, we have each other. We can do mission together. We can do life together. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus together. So the question really then becomes whether or not we are living up to the calling that we have been given. So that's our calling. That's our commission. So are we living up to it? Is our identity or our sentness, and I know that's not a word, but that's a value that we have here at church, we, at New City. We value sentness. Even though we know it's not a word, we value this missional word. And so it's our identity, it's our sentness aligning with our life and the things we are doing. Is that? That's the question. Is what we are doing aligning with that identity statement right there? 
So again, you may be wondering, what does this look like in our context? Well, we've kind of recapped over the last several weeks. We've had several conversations about what that might look like. And here's what I want to say to you. We need to take first steps. We need to get to know our neighbors. That starts by knowing who they are. Then we need to become intentional in an effort that we are putting forward and we don't limit it to simply those that are easy to love. So I'm doing a lot of repeating myself today because I want us to make sure that we we know it and we get it. So if you want to take your Bibles again, we're going to turn, now we're going to turn to Luke. So we're almost covering all the Gospels, really. So go to Luke 19 with me. It's also on your screen. Screens. Luke 19, we're going to start with verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was what? A <laughs> Sorry, it's just I'm going to go crazy if I don't fulfill that childhood song itch. So, and you're welcome. Now that's in your head. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a wee little man, a short man, he could not see because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree. <laughs> It's not going to stop. Um, for the Lord, he wanted to see. <laughs> I can't even read the, the scripture right. <laughs> Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, <laughs> come down immediately. This is more difficult than I thought. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and began to murmur. So here we come in, we see the naysayers. They're like, he's gone to a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. Don't even get me started on that one. (laughs) For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. This is such a beautiful picture of Jesus loving his neighbor, and it had nothing to do with his status quo, had nothing to do with his occupation, because to my understanding... Tax collectors back in those days didn't have a good reputation. They were known to be prosperous and wealthy because they were cheating people, okay? And here's what's more interesting, not not trying to take a rabbit trail by any means, but like it just echoes Jesus' nature and his love because he even had a tax collector in his inner circle, right? Matthew, was it Matthew? Question myself at the last minute, thank you. So Jesus, it it wasn't contingent on his reputation. So that's what makes this a beautiful picture of Jesus loving his neighbor. Jesus still pursues him because he so desires to see him restored, and he desires to see him a part of the kingdom. He goes and he sits with him at his home and he teaches him, and he gains salvation on this day because of his repentant heart. 
I love this picture of the sent one going after another to see him become a part of the kingdom. Thus, this is a great picture of how we can be a part of that story in our lives. We can be and we can show that unconditional love that Jesus showed. And catch this in verse 5. This is honestly something I had never noticed before. Verse 5, it says, we see the urgency of Jesus. It says, I must come to your house today. I must. So if that's Jesus' urgency, then we need to be like that. We must. We must have that sense of urgency. We cannot sit on our porches any longer. We cannot sit inside our house and Netflix all the time. We can fill in whatever your blank is, but we cannot do this any longer. We need to have this sense of urgency to go and to reach our neighbors. So here is here's a story, um, and this was one of the reasons why uh, Matt asked me to to preach this day. Plus, he's not here to see how bad it goes. So, I mean. <laughs> hope you're not watching Matt Uh, no but so this is how it played out in our lives Um, last fall making sure I'm not going too long here last fall actually it was closer to December we had this conviction my wife and I um, we had this conviction that okay again we've lived here for three years we know two people's names and sadly the only reason I knew Paul across the street, here's kind of interesting story. I had seen him come and go, he, and I never had that opportunity to, like, he would never look my way. Like, I, would, I was always waiting, like, just look my way. Give me an opportunity. Like, hey, neighbor. You know, like, he would go inside, just, like, kept to themselves. Um, and so then a year later, so this would have been last year, at Old Shawnee Days, I see him at Old Shawnee Days. I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go meet him, dang it, because I, I can't have this excuse anymore. So I go up to him, and I'm like, I know this is weird. I'm meeting you here, and I've never got to know you, and I live right across the street from you, which I don't think he even recognized me right away. But that's how I first met Paul and Teresa and Preston and Desiree. So we, we were like, okay, this is, we've got to do something to meet our neighbors because we only know the people to our left and the people across the street. And it was very, it was just knowing their names, basically. And so we came up with this idea. And again, the family's involved because you got to model this to your kids. That's part of discipleship, too. And so we we came up with this idea. It's it's December. It's cold outside. Let's have cookies and cocos, cookies and cocoa at the Biswells, okay? So we had this idea, okay, but now we got to act upon it. And and so the girls had gotten all excited, Lorelai and Quincy. They wanted to be a part of making the invitations. And and honestly, as the time got closer, Valerie and I, and maybe I won't throw her under the bus. I'll just throw me under the bus. I kind of started getting cold feet. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do this. This is, this is harder than I thought it might be. You know, I hadn't even done anything yet. But what was cool was Lorelai and Quincy had such a joy, such a childlike faith, if you will, and joy that they, they are the ones that pressed us to, to follow through. So I still remember that Saturday. We had counted 33 houses on our street. We went from house to house, dropping them in the mailbox. If we saw a neighbor, we would physically hand it to them. 
And this was a Saturday, and it was going to be that next Wednesday for like two, two, three hours at our house, open up our house. So Wednesday comes, and we're, okay, we got one scare out of the way. We actually handed them out. There's no going back now. We're not going to go back and collect them. (laughs) And so now we're like, oh, my, like, is all 33 houses going to show up, which we didn't think, or is nobody going to show up, which we thought could be a possibility? Are we going to just have all this awesome homemade cocoa to ourselves? Like, we had no idea what to expect. And that night was a big step for us because a total of 10 houses were represented, trickled in. We had uh, Sharon and Jess that live towards Antioch. We live on 70th Terrace, and they live closer to Antioch. And, and she's, she came, Jess didn't come, but she came, and she's like, you know what, I've lived here for over 30 years, and nobody's done something like this. And that's not by any means a pat on our back because we almost didn't go through with it. But that shows us the type of culture we live in, right? Where nobody's doing this. And so that goes back to the point, if we don't do it, who will? Thank you for that honest amen. If we don't do that, who will? And so that was a big step for us. I got to know Mike and Ronnie. This guy has the most immaculate lawn you've ever seen. So much so, when we're walking down the sidewalk, I'm really strict on my girls. Don't even step a foot on that lawn because <laughs> I, you know, I know how much it means to him. And he, was a, he brought us stuff to that party. Like nobody, nobody had to bring anything, and he ended up bringing stuff. And just a couple weeks ago, I was driving down our street, and it had Merriam, be, best yard in Merriam of the week was in his yard. I was, it was, the funny thing was like, I was like, eh, does he really like having a sign in his yard? <laughs> it's a great accomplishment, but <laughs> you're tearing up his yard by putting that little sign. <laughs> but that was just a step for us, and we we're already talking like, what does it look like? Unfortunately, with the, uh, the, the season Valerie and I have been in with, with her mom's passing and stuff, um, we had our plans change. We had plan to have a a big easter egg hunt in our park and invite all of our neighbors again and unfortunately that did happen but we have more opportunities coming up where okay how do we invite people again how do we take another step we can't just leave it at that one step it's good that i know some of their names but now what and so here's the question i want to ask you guys today please don't send me any emails if you don't like this question if you do send it to valerie (laughs) are you going to get off your grass that's the question seriously though are you going to take that step okay hear the heart in that are you going to go across your lawn are you going to go across your street that's the question how much does this mandate that we talked about today how much does that mean to you how much does the great commission mean to you i love this quote from jim putman man he's such a great Pastor, I mean, I don't know him personally, but we've used some of his tools for our discipling um, uh, pathway here. And here's what he says. The Great Commission has become our least concern. Mm. But we can't say ouch if it's not true, right? Meaning God didn't commission us to be consumers. He didn't call us to come and consume the coffee, come and consume the donuts out there. He didn't call us to come and consume the worship 
didn't call us to come and consume the teaching and then do nothing. And so here's the challenge for us is that if we're not careful, and I had some good coaching this last week. I was going to be a lot more pointed, and I've become a lot more kind. So I'm, I'm making it more vision casting and less <laughs> finger pointing, okay? If we're not careful, we're going to come in here. We're going to consume. We're going to be the first ones out the door. We're not, like, even when we pass our clipboard to our neighbor, we're not saying anything. So here's the challenge. If, if we don't even be neighborly with the safe zone here, we're not going to to our street. That's just the reality. So that's the, the push. That's the call. That's the ask. Are you going to take action? Remember Grishel's second question in communicating, what do you want people to feel? Here's what he says to that. Emotion moves people to action. Now, I know sometimes we can, we can hijack emotion and we can foster an emotional response, and that's not what I'm saying. But the reality is if, if anything that I said maybe rubbed the feathers a little bit, that could be a, a call to action. That emotion could spur you to action, and that's my prayer this morning for all of us. So can we do this? Can we take action? And so we have three ways Three ways, if you like have no idea, we're going to offer three ways. Number one, it can be today. And here's what I mean by that. We have a lady from our Merriam campus that volunteered to make like 1,500 cookies or something like that, maybe 2,000 for all of us. And so the idea is there's going to be a bag of cookies on the back table. You probably saw that as you walked in. Here's the challenge. If you're going to take that home, get a nice big glass of milk and consume those, please don't take them. This is a way for you to go across your lawn. Hey, I, I've, you, can, you can even apologize. I've lived here 20 years. I'm sorry. I don't know your name. I would love to know your name. I would love to get to know you. So that's a clear way, one per family, if you, can't, if you want to have that resource to give you a reason to go across your hall, go across your, your, your lawn. Secondly, what's this coming up Wednesday, 4th of July? And what's 4th of July known for other than fireworks? What's traditionally attached with 4th of July? Grill, barbecue. Yes, eating. Why am I so excited? Again, this is another way for you to open your grill and... Set it out on your front lawn. Get it wafting. And, and invite somebody over to your house. And you don't, you don't even have to invite them inside if, you, if you're too scared to make that first step. That's fine. You can be outside. Okay? So that's another opportunity that I'm just throwing out there that you can take it or leave it. And lastly, this is even less work for you. July 19th. That's actually my wife's birthday, by the way, so make a middle note. July 19th, we're having a community block party here. And all you need to do is just show up and talk to people. You don't need to bring anything. You don't need to work. You don't need to... We have a team coming in from Arkansas, and they're going to do all the heavy lifting. But that's a way for you to come in and know our neighbors here today. So I'm sorry, I've gone kind of long here. Um, And so let me close this today with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father... 
And as I'm praying, if, if the ushers don't mind coming forward today. But dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this, this commission, this mandate, this challenge for us to go and make disciples and how we've overcomplicated that so many times. But the gospel is simple, God. It's, it's, it's a simple first step with us just getting to know our neighbors. And so I pray that we take heart and we take action. And we give your name praise for that. And so as we 